we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. I feel like one of the biggest problems in the church is the actual uh, setup of the church. The church has been set up to mimic uh, the world. It's been set up in a lot of places to mimic kingdoms of men. It's been set up to uh, lift up the pastor and to lift men up into positions of high authority so that they can feel uh, self-worth or they can feel some kind of value. And this is the danger of um, messing up God's plan for the church. The church is to serve the body and to serve the people. So everyone that's in position in a church should be a servant and have a servant's heart. Uh, you can't use the church as an opportunity to uh, boost yourself. You can't use the church as an opportunity to lift yourself up or be lifted up in front of men. Uh, this is the danger uh, that we are facing right now of losing so many people because they sit back and they watch what's going on in the church or they think they know what's going on. And it doesn't look any different than the world. It doesn't look any different than a boss trying to boss around his employees. And then in most cases, it doesn't look any different uh, than their homes where, you know, their homes are being misled. So we have to make sure that the church is uh, where it's supposed to be. I've been pastoring for 10 years now, and so I, I don't consider myself an expert on this topic, but I will say that I do try to do things God's way, and I never try to use the church as an opportunity to lift myself up. Um, and I think that's very important because once that starts in leadership with the pastor, it begins to trickle down into the you know, the membership and cause people to uh, covet leadership positions, cause people to covet uh, the crowd, the congregation opportunities to be lifted up. And this is what I teach, you know, the men at the church, you know, this this stems from when it comes to men and leadership. It stems from lack of leadership in the home when the woman is the dominant force in the home, when the woman is manipulative and, you know, uh, has a Jezebel spirit and is controlling the man. Then a lot of times he's going to try to use the church as an opportunity to uh, get the submission that he's not getting at his home. And this causes a lot of issues, especially when it comes to sexual issues and perversion and different things. When he's lacking in his home, he's going to a lot of times use the church for those opportunities. And and then you end up messing over God's people. So it's very important that the home be in order so that the church can be in order. And this is why the Bible says if a man can't rule his own house, how can he rule over the house of God or lead the house of God? So that's the first thing that's very important. But I'm going to go to the scriptures here and deal with this just a little more extensively. Uh, Ephesians 4 11. And the reason I'm dealing with this, it's just a burden on my heart. You know, I, I, I'm trying to, and I'm not trying to save the entire church, but I'm trying to help the church and its reputation when it comes to people who have been hurt by church and hurt by religion and hurt by, you know, um, people that are supposed to help them. I'm trying to help that not to say that I haven't hurt people, you know, when you're learning and growing as a pastor or you're learning and growing as a minister or even just a lay member in church. A lot of times you make mistakes and you make errors and you may have hurt someone and different things. 
But I want to help people see that, you know, these are just flaws that are in men. And these are are, these flaws are not in God. It's not in God's plan and it's not in God's plan for the church. So we don't want to do away with the church and give the church a bad name and make the, you know, promote the ills of the church so that the world will see it and say, you know, I want no parts of that because that's reminiscent of the ills and the hurts that happened in my home. You know, I was watching BET the other day, which I don't make a practice of watching BET because most of the stuff on there is foolishness. And this in particular was there's a there's a mini series on there now starring uh, Pastor Dietrich Haddon. And uh, it's a it's a show called Sins of the Father. And in this show, he I mean, he is just in rare form. He gets to play, you know, the bisexual man who is sleeping with men and women in his congregation, uh, you know, has a has a wife and is, you know, uh, just out of control. And of course, you know, Dietrich loves this part because he gets to curse and swear and fill on women and just be as rotten as he wants to be. But he can hide it under the the, you know, the umbrella of action. Acting, which is what they do when they want, you know, their perversion. They want to act out their perversion because, I mean, all perverted acts are, is acting. I mean, even when you do it behind closed doors, you're acting. You're acting like something. You're acting like the devil. You're acting like something. So he gets his opportunity to act, you know, uh, ill and, and, and really give the church a bad rep, bad name, really give pastors a bad name. And I mean, to take a position like this, you have to be full of lawlessness i mean to even want to make the church look this bad i mean you the level of selfishness and narcissism that a person has to have is just unimaginable uh for him to do this but this is just another hit that the church takes and you know i'm trying my best to help uh, uh clean up the image of the church by just preaching the gospel and preaching the truth and when i traveled uh with ex ministries for all those years traveling all over the world doing the truth behind hip-hop you know i would only go to churches and or church sponsored events it, the church would have to be involved and i made sure of that from the first time i spoke to you know to now i always spoke in churches i've always let pastors bring me uh because i've always wanted the people to have somewhere to go i've always wanted the people to to have confidence that the church could be a viable source of the word of the truth and so i never pull people out of churches and let's go to a convention center and or or, or let's rent out a stadium or whatever. We never did that. We always went through churches and allowed churches, you know, to sponsor the events and be uh, be the ones that put the events on so that the people could keep their confidence in God's method. God's method is the church. He created the church. There's no age of doing away with the church. He built the church. So that means that it's going to be here. He said the gates of hell will not prevail. So God loves his church. Now, there are a lot of churches that are out of order. There are a lot of churches that were created for the wrong reasons. There are a lot of churches that are under just very bad leadership as far as denominations, you know, sinful homosexual leaders but uh it's up to us to allow god to deal with that and we have to make decisions for our family what do we want to be under do we want to be under this gay leader do we want to be under foolishness do we want to be at a church where everybody's jockeying for positions or trying to sell you something do we want to be at a church where the homosexuals can parade around freely and all of those different things. I mean, what do we want? That's our decision. And, you know, we we can go where we want to go. It's our choice. God 
God gives us that choice. But we want to make sure that the church we're attending can benefit our family, has the proper model and leadership. I don't want to be under a pastor that's divorcing if I want to keep my marriage intact. I don't want to be under a pastor whose kids are all out there crazy if I want to keep my kids in check. I want to make sure that the leadership is modeling what I want to see in my home. And that's how I make my choice. So, you know, it's sad that they're promoting on TV and and, and on all the media outlets, all of these wicked people, wicked pastors and wicked leaders that are just doing whatever they want to do. They're pastoring the church because they uh, they're pastoring out of their own hurt or their own shame or their own whatever. Um, But it's time that we grow into um, making better decisions and better choices when it comes to church and covering our families and buying into a vision of a man who has God's best interest at heart and has the people of God's best interest in heart. That's where we need to be. So all of this selfish, narcissistic behavior that we're seeing in leadership, you know, we need to shun those things and make sure that we are, are under the proper example. But let's go back to the word uh, Ephesians 4 and 11. It's going to illustrate some things for us. That's going to make a whole lot of sense. Now, this is um, Paul talking to the Ephesians, kind of giving them what the church is about and, and how the church should function. Uh, Ephesians 4 and 11 starts out and says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, notice he never said edifying of himself. So he didn't say he gave the apostle for the edifying of himself, the prophet for the edifying of himself, the evangelist or the pastor or the teachers for their own edifying. No, he did not say that because that's not what the position or the title is. And these aren't titles. These are works. So you're doing these works and people have made them titles. There's prophet so-and-so and apostle so-and-so and all that. And, you know, if you want to have fun with words and semantics, you, you know, that's that's on you. But that's not what this is saying. These are works people doing the work of an apostle or a work of the prophet or the work of an evangelist. These are works that you actually do, the pastors and the teachers. And a pastor should be able to do or should have done all of these works because they should all be uh, encompassed in him through the spirit of God. But it's never for his own edification. So you don't get into pastoring. You don't get become a prophet to pay your bills. You don't become an apostle to pay bills. You don't become a pastor, you know, to drive a certain car and live in a certain house and just lift yourself up in front of people that would be edifying you no that's not why you do it Uh, these are positions that God gives us as far as our works and we do these works the Bible says for the perfecting of the saints that's to help the people now how can you help the people without an example of it working for you and that's the biggest question I have I mean you can only teach out of what it is that you are doing and if you're not implementing it and I tell people all the time man I mean if you dude, how are you passing the church and trying to tell everybody it's going to be all right if you can't show them that it's going to be all right how you how do you tell them it's going to be okay if you're not preaching about it being okay or attacking the issue head on you know a lot of churches are dying because the young people are absent from the church and they they're leaving the church in droves because they're following after social media youtube and all these other outlets where they can get what they want from there and they feel like the church can't help them because the gospel of helping them is not being preached well how do you help the children man i tell people all the time i mean how do you how does a pastor and why 
dump their kids off at daycare and the wife is working full time and the pastors, you know, working and the kids are in daycare. You, you, you don't even have time to implant the word of God in your own children. So that means you can't, you know, money or or, or status is more important to you than uh, uh, the uh, your children being OK, your children being secured, your children being. right. Well, if the children, if the example is in the home of the pastor, then what are you telling the people? I mean, if you don't care enough to keep your children under your uh, leadership, then what are you teaching? What are you teaching the people? How are you setting an example for them? How do you have members that, you know, you, you're basically showing them that, you know, we as a pastor and a wife, you know, we really don't have time for our kids because we have to be about making this money or whatever or be about our careers and we're dumping our kids off at sitters and at grandmama's house and this and that and and so if you are the leader the bible says to whom much is given much is required if you're the leader then the people are going to take what you're doing and do it excessively that means they're not going to have any time for theirs you should be setting the example but you should be setting the example of how to raise your children properly under the care of the mother the nourisher in her creation role the father the the priest provider and protector those should be the examples but we're not even seeing that now we're seeing people pastoring churches but not even pastoring their own homes and this is very very sad Ephesians 4 and 13 says that we should do this the perfecting of the saints the work of the ministry and the edifying of body of the body till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ so we come to the unity of the faith and people talk about unity all the time and we need to unify and unity and whatever I was watching um Bishop Noel Jones the other day having a having some kind of conference or something at his church and they calling it a unity thing or whatever. And they had Sung Young Moon's wife, the Moonies, get up and speak and hand him a plaque or something. And and they all joining together, unifying. You're going to unify with devils. Are you unifying with false doctrine? Are you unifying with Satan? I mean, does that make sense? How do we unify with the devil? This says the unity of the faith. That's the only unity we can talk about. We can't unify with the LGBT. There there is no coexist in Christianity. It says the unity of the faith, the faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only unity I know about. If we aren't serving the same God, then we cannot unify. But these churches, a lot of them to pay their bills, to keep their status, to stay on TV, whatever it is. They have to unify with different people that worship other gods, go after false gods, all of these different things. They have to do that to maintain. And this is very sad. Uh, Ephesians 4 and 14 tells you what happens when you do all of this crazy coexist and, and unity or whatever. It says that you are children tossed to and fro. Because it says that the perfecting of the saints through the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher, uh, it says in 4 and 14 of Ephesians that you will henceforth no more be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to to deceive. So a Dietrich Haddon can't deceive you if you have been 
perfected by the body of Christ or by the leaders, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor and teacher. So this is why church is so important. A good church where these things are uh, are done uh, decently and in order. That church is important because it'll keep you from being children tossed to and fro. That's what we have now. They see Dietrich on TV and it's oh, I don't want to have nothing to do with the church. That's why I don't go to church, blah, 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 because they're carried about with every wind of doctrine. They sit in church and they watch, you know, a homosexual get up and sing and y'all pray for me because, you know, I'm still struggling in this lifestyle. Well, they're tossed. That's being tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine. Or they watch their leader, the leader of their denomination or the leader of their organization, join up with other leaders that are demonic, sit at the table with devils. They're watching them even pledge in the fraternities and sororities and worshiping Greek gods, which are devils, according to Paul. All of these things, these this is every wind of doctrine. This is the slight of men. These are men that are using cunning craftiness to take your money, to get your membership because they won't deal with the real problem. And I promise you, y'all, this problem started in their home. This problem started because they didn't feel strong in their home or they didn't lead their home properly. And then they jumped in the church. And how can you lead the church properly if you can't lead your home properly? So all of these things started out that way. The Bible says they they lie in wait to deceive, meaning that they are waiting on you to come so that they can deceive you. Take your money and, you know, make a, a, a build themselves up at your expense. But Ephesians 4 and 15 says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And that's all I'm doing right now. Folks say all the time, man, you call a name, doctor, that ain't love. You ain't preaching love. Man, my mama loved me. My daddy loved me. And they called my name every time I got out of line. I mean, they would say my full name, George Craig Lewis. When I got in trouble, calling a name doesn't mean it's not in love. And Paul illustrated that he called names. But we I do love these people and I love them enough to tell the truth. And I love you enough to tell you the truth. Why would I let you walk around in darkness? If people are proud and promoting their sin and promoting their shame, something that they should be shamed of, you better bet I'm going to say something. Um, well, not you better bet. Somebody going to take that and say, "Ooh, see, well, then I guess I can I can bet now. No, no. Yeah, but you better know. I'm going to tell the truth because that's my job. I mean, what is the job of a preacher to sit around and just say, well, you know, let him. God is dealing with all of us. No, the Bible says to speak the truth in love that it may grow him up in all things. Ephesians 4 and 16 says from whom the whole body fit jointly together, compacted by that which every joint supplies. So we're all working together to make this work. We're all making working together to make the body of Christ a living body. So what have we covered? God has given gifts to every man. And you know, the pastor is not the giver of the gifts, but in the church, he is the leader of the gifts. So he's the administer of the gifts. And this is for the furnishing of the saints, uh, the edifying of the body of Christ till we become one church in heaven. We are supposed to practice. And that's what church is. Practice, practice, loving each other, practice, getting along, practice, not hurting each other. And that's the biggest thing. It's not going to be hurt in 
heaven. It's not going to be hurt where Jesus is when we go on from this realm into the realm where he is. So we're practicing now how not to hurt one another, how not to uh, uh, do one another harm. That's 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 the greatest commandment to love our neighbor as ourselves. So this is what all of this equipping in the church is really for us. So we no longer let people and their words toss us around and fool us. Or we fail, uh, or, you know, cause us to fall in different things. We get smarter and smarter as we're edified by the church. You know, if I'm not preaching in my in the church that I, I preach uh, to, if I'm not preaching the truth, then I'm not equipping them. And if I'm not equipping them, I'm setting them up to be taken advantage of. And that's what we must prevent as about as leaders in the church. We don't want God's people to be taken advantage of when people come in and start teaching against religion and church and different things it's our job to stand up and say oh no brother it's not religion that's bad it's misuse of religion or it's people that are religious that may be bad but God's religion of Christianity uh, which and some people say well Christianity is not in the Bible well Christian is and the act of being a Christian is Christianity I mean come on folks get a grip quit watching YouTube and getting a head full of stuff won't you go to a church and you know one thing I've learned a lot of people don't go to church because they don't want to listen to anyone you know they grew up uh, on their own I mean it's like raising a wild monkey in the jungle or something you know you try to you try to uh, uh, discipline him man he gonna go crazy because he's used to doing whatever he wants to do I'm not calling folks monkeys but uh, some some folk act like it and so they uh, they they don't want any rules they don't want any anyone telling them what to do they want to believe or feel like they are above rules they are above reproach and especially these famous folks these folks that are famous and now they think that their likes on Instagram and YouTube equates to some kind of position in God's eyes where they don't have to submit to leadership. But man, you're going to submit to leadership one way or the other. You're either going to submit to it by your own will or you're going to submit to it because you have to, because something's going to happen to you and you're going to need one of God's leaders to come and pray it off of you. That's what happened to Paul. Paul was a very arrogant man. He was very lifted up in himself and prideful. The Bible says he was a Pharisee. That's what they were. He was knocked off his horse and his vision was taken from him. And he had to go to a man who he would consider back when he was a Pharisee, a very lowly, meek man who had no big title position. He wasn't famous. None of that had to go to him to get his sight back. God did that on purpose because he wanted him to learn submission. It's not about who who knows you. It's not about how you lift it up, but it's about who I give authority to. And you're going to need the man of God. You're going to need God's authority to save you. So you might as well submit to it now because you're definitely going to have to submit to it later in order to get out of what it is that you're into. And I want to close this out with this important passage in Jude uh, 22. And it teaches us something, you know, very, uh, very important. And it says, and of some have compassion, making a difference and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now, what is this telling us? That's telling us to go easy. You go easy on certain ones who hesitate in the faith, meaning uh, those that, you know, are um, uh, are struggling or trying real hard, but they're making, you know, they may fall. Or they may have had a, just a, a tumultuous past and it's hard for them to get over certain things. So you're going to, you're going to have compassion with them and treat them one way. But then others, it says, go after them, uh, uh, and take, uh, you, you know, go after them 
and be be tender with them as sinners, but be but don't be soft on their sin, meaning be hardcore on them. So certain ones that are making mistakes, you know, you you be soft on them. But some of them that are doing things and know they shouldn't be doing, you have to uh, reprimand them and rebuke them sharply that the sin itself can, you know, be taken away. It says even the garment spotted by their flesh, you, you should hate it. And so we have to deal with certain things, but that's where the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, uh, and, the, uh, and the evangelist, that's where all that comes into play because these are the ones that are mature, the Bible says, and they're not novices or shouldn't be. They're mature in the faith. So they're no, they'll know the difference. Sometimes I have to make those calls even here at the church. And it's pretty, it, it's hard sometimes, especially when you love someone, hard to reprimand them, but some folks you got to say hey man you know you shouldn't do that again and then other folks you got to say hey brother i'm gonna have to sit you down so you don't do that again it just varies and and it takes maturity in the faith and i'm still maturing in the faith but it takes maturity in the faith to know the difference that's why the church is so important that's why all these folks that are popping up with these online ministries and facebook and all of a sudden they're a prophet and different things boy you can turn the hourglass over and wait a few weeks and then what? They caught in some kind of scandal. They caught in some kind of mess. They caught in some. Why? Because they were lifted up and they shouldn't have been lifted up. They didn't go through God's proper channel of checks and balances with the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher. This is what this is set up for. This is what the church is set up for. And when the church functions the way it should function, it all works together hand in hand. Jude 24 says now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So this is all set up to keep you from falling. In other words, you go through this checks and balances and you're conditioned a certain way. you, You grow a certain way. You learn a certain way you don't get full of yourself you got people to say no baby it's not time you got people to say no son you need to sit down for now you got people to say brother you need to work on that some more this is the checks and balances of the body of christ to keep us from falling because if you get out there if you lift yourself up in pride pride goeth before a fall so you got to make sure your heart is not haughty and filled up thinking that it's time for me to make my move and be the great pastor and prophet but you know anybody that says that to me i know you're not called of god because the folks god called in the word didn't want to do it you know and that's so i'm looking for the i don't want to do it i want god to call you from what you're doing into it because that's what he always did he called them he people weren't sitting around looking for a call and they weren't sitting around uh, uh looking for a way to to be lifted up in the flesh and all of these different things that's not god but now unto him that is able to keep you from falling to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy so we want to make sure that god conditions us properly so that we don't fall this comes from the church and we're not just talking about leaders well i'm not just talking about leadership here i'm talking about leadership in the home the husband keep you from falling keep you from falling off your job as the provider protector and priest it is your job according to god to provide for your family no excuses no cheating the system you are the provider 
That is your punishment from what happened in the garden. You have to do that and you have to fulfill that. And God can keep you from falling if you are sharpened and if you are conditioned by God's checks and balances. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher. The church is what he's talking about. The church. Now, a church where the pastor is not the provider of his home, he can't teach you much. If he's not the provider of it for his family, he can't teach you this. I'm the provider of my family, so I can teach you this. And men can hate on me all they want, but I've provided for my family for day one, and I can teach it. I'm authorized by God to teach it because I implemented it in my home first. That's what's important. So you got to make sure if you want to learn this, you got to learn it from somebody that's doing it. I don't want to hear anybody talking about it and they're not doing it. This is something that all men have to do because this is what makes you a man And most importantly, this is what puts you in charge of your home. I mean, the the golden rule is the man with the gold rules. I mean, that's the golden rule. So even in the home, the man that's the the provider that's bringing home the bacon, that's the leader of the home. And so we have to make sure we're lining up there before we try to take it into a church and try to set a church up like our home and, and, and mess over God's people, create problems for them, and they constantly constantly need to come and hear you so that they can try to live down the problems that are being constantly perpetually created because folks are out of order y'all we got to get this right because the the reputation of the church is at stake people are leaving the church in droves people are losing confidence in the church but god's church the way god created it will stand forever God bless you. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com.